Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Well, sleep is important. We're we're back. We're back to this. We go from um, me almost shitting myself to <laughs> are we on to eating. Yeah, we're on. We're on. We're live. We're live. Damn. To 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 the red meat red meat diet well you know red meat kills you that's what they say yeah i don't know i feel pretty damn good eating it and uh yeah it's been the thing is is all all the studies we will actually get into a fucking podcast today guys i'm sorry um the thing that everybody ignores when they talk about that red meat kills you study is the fact that the 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 study was based around nitrite nitrate added processed meats (laughs) sausage and hot dogs and and yeah, hot Spam. dogs, sausage, all that shit, and including steak, right? When you take that stuff out, yeah. there there isn't a single study that shows problems with just eating steak. Yeah, you know, it just it's not a problem. Yeah, a lot of people that have been on there, and I think even Rogan was on just uh just regular just all red meat for a while. Man, it just it does something. Got- so the so the thing, the thing that you're going to see is. You have a lot of hormone benefits. You have so if you if you sit down and you eat a a, a processed food or you eat a big ass salad, it doesn't matter. A portion of your energy from your body, your cellular energy, is going to digest that, right? It's got to get all the nutrients out of the fibers and it's got to get all that shit out. If you're just eating a steak three times a day and you're getting two thousand calories or twenty five hundred calories and just literally red meat you are you're cutting out a lot of that digestion and you're getting all of the nutrients like we talked about that animal ate all those vegetables yeah those vegetables then got processed through four stomachs and all those nutrients are in the meat what i what i dislike about carnivore diets keto diets all of those all of those what i really do dislike about them is First of all, 
they're not sustainable for most people's lives. They can do it for a short term, but they can't do it forever. So the minute that they, that they go back to a regular diet, they encounter all the same issues. Um, and you, your body works differently. I can, I can bench press 135 pounds, probably 50 times on a keto or a carnivore diet because my, I have muscle, um, what's that called? And you do something for a long time. Endurance. I have muscle endurance, but I can't get anywhere close to my max lifts because you don't, you just don't have the efficiency of glucose because glucose no. is the yeah. most efficient, the most efficient energy storage, most efficient yeah. energy, um, fuel for muscles. It is. So like I can do 60% max, 70% yeah. max, which is fine, but you just have to operate differently, which is okay. Yeah. But I think it goes back to, you know, what we always talk about is balance mm -hmm. and it's, but you know, I've been really putting in a lot of red meat in my diet, a little less ground turkey and, um, um, offsetting with fish, um, a lot of eggs, a lot and lots and lots of eggs, uh, pasture raised eggs, you know, six to 12 a day. And I just, everything feels better. I'm sleeping better. And, um, you know, I feel like my body's absorbing nutrients and, uh, for at, you know, 50 plus years. Your overall, inf your overall, <laughs> I was almost said inflation. Inflation is bad right now, but your overall <laughs> inflammation, inflammation, your overall inflammation will be much less, which yeah. the thing that a lot of people don't understand is, is when, when we do, when they go back and look at, um, fossilized bones and stuff like that of indigenous cultures. They had a lot of the same shit that we had. They had the, the broken bones and they had a lot of the joint issues that we had, but they didn't have near the inflammation. So they didn't, it didn't cause them the trouble. And what really stuck that in my mind, what really like cemented that in my mind is when I had COVID the first time, because I drive for work a lot and my hips are all jacked up because I grew up playing hockey. So my hip flexors are too short. I have a posterior pelvic tilt and it makes my lower back sore and, my, and, and, and fucks with my lower back. Yeah. Well, most of the time, it's not a problem. I know that my lower back could be sore if I did something wrong, but it's not generally an issue. When I had COVID, which is just basically overall system, systemic inflammation, it, 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 it raises your inflammation level in your entire body because your entire body is trying to fight it off. It felt like somebody was grinding drill bits into my lower back. Hmm. And people that, are, people that have shoulder issues, talk about it all, all of a sudden oh my god when i had that my shoulder was so sore it's because the inflammation is what's causing the pain from the structural issues that you have hmm. so if you you can grow old and not grow old with pain if you don't have the inflammation even though you have the same structural issues as everybody else that's 60 70 years old because let's face it like we use our bodies and our bodies have issues. It doesn't matter. I have issues. You have issues. We all have issues. You got in a car accident. You broke this. You broke that. You didn't get this fixed right. You sit too long at work. Whatever your issues are. If you have overall less inflammation, you will have overall less pain. Well, but I do think, you know, I haven't gotten COVID yet. It must be something where the, the Chinese are immune to it since it came from China. That's exactly what it was. Chinese virus. Yep. <laughs> It's because you go from this room to the gym to fucking breakfast place, and that's all you go. I'm like out. Yeah, I go to the I'm grocery out, store. I mean, I'm out licking on. handrails and shit during the day. Hey, I can't can't help you. you didn't grow out of it, so. All right, let's actually get into the meat of this. Podcast. All right, finally Here we go. Surround yourself with the right people. And uh, I know we were talking about this, and this is one that uh, I'd suggested because it's. You know, it's 2023 and, you know, for those of you that really need to have resolutions, you know, let's make a resolution to change your lifestyle. But the, the thing that impacted my life quite a bit and I learned a lot from the hard way is to cut out people that weren't, uh, you know, beneficial to where I needed to go, beneficial to the goals and visions that I that I've had to be a better person. and. Um, I got a few examples, especially as we kind of go along, but we've all heard the sayings, you know, and it doesn't matter whether 
it pertains to our friendships, whether it pertains to family, our intimate relationships, um, social groups. This applies. All these principles will apply. And we've all heard the sayings, right? We always say on this podcast, you're the average of the five people. I don't even know who, who said that. I don't, I don't know. I heard it a long time ago, yeah. and I've just, I, it's one of those that I've heard some it, people say you're the sum of the five, the yep. five close people, yep. you're the average of the five. Um, you know, we've used, uh, you can't of, be the sum of the five closest people around you because that would literally be, you know, would, I, I you would, would be equal, that. Somebody you said would be that. equal to five people. Then they, they just, it's semantics. They just don't understand vocabulary. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, we've used on here, birds of a feather flock together. Um, Bible verses, bad company corrupts moral character, or it even talks about do not be unequally yoked. Uh, one that we talked about the last week bro, was, uh, bro, I lift so that I can be unequally yoked. <laughs> okay. What the fuck that, does that mean? What does that mean? Do not be unequally yoked. So, so in the in the New Testament, when it talks about unequally yoked, it talks about well, if you have Jesus is just doing bicep curls, like <laughs> I will be unequally yoked, bro. You got the wrong yoked. It's it's like when they yoke oxen back in the day, right? You you have a yoke that yokes oh, two oxen together. Oh, so if you have one oxen that's that's yoked Unequal further ahead, he's going to be pulling more of the weight. One, a smaller oxen or whatnot. Uh, so that was pertaining in the New Testament to marriage. Like, yeah, we're going to check that one off. Yeah. That one is not relevant today. Sorry. <laughs> if you're spiritually off. Axe. But we'll talk about that later. Axe. Um, the one we talked about last week that I heard, and I am not sure who said it, uh, they said Cristiano Ronaldo said, as a man with hustle, needs a woman with vision, not a little girl who wants to party or be entertained or play house. And then the last one is the the funny Simpson meme that says, you can fuck your whole life up just by hanging out with people with no goals or ambitions. So That's the fucking truth, man. Yeah. And it shows basically a picture of Bart Simpson sitting in the bar. I forgot what that bar was called. Moe's? Moe's. Moe's. And they got everybody else sitting, you know, at the uh, the bar counter, and he, they're just all doing that Friday Saturday night thing, empty bar glass or beer glasses, and doing the same shit over and over. Um, so before we get started with the, the our steps that we can talk through, there's two stories that really stick out in my head, and then this kind of sets the stage for how you you need to take those steps is. Is one, I'll take it, you know, from the Bible is 1 Corinthians 9.24, where it talks about, you know, you're running a race to win. You're running as though you're running towards the prize, right? So when we talk about life and journeys and the people that you want along your side, is you need to understand what your finish line is. Because guess what? When you plan a trip down to Florida, you're planning a trip to go to Florida, right? And you're not going to go west on 94 and go to Minnesota because you're never going to get to Florida, right? So so that's the, the first story. The second story is, I think I heard this from Eric Thomas a long time ago. Do you know Eric Thomas? Mm-hmm. He's pretty pretty motivational charismatic dude. dude. Yeah, for sure. It's like screaming half yeah, the time. Oh yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's, he's actually the voice in the back of a few of the of the songs that, that I listen to. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they take some of his voiceovers and put them into some motivational songs. It's pretty good. Yeah, he's got some powerful stuff, and uh, he tells a story about every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up, and every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. But a gazelle needs to be motivated to run faster than the slowest gazelle. So, um, and then what's the difference between the the lion and the gazelle is that the, well, like we just said, the gazelle needs to be motivated, needs to be chased. As soon as the lion stops chasing the gazelle, the gazelle just stops. So as long as you encourage, push someone, somebody's motivating you, somebody's calling you, somebody's rewarding you for your behavior, you'll keep doing it. But as soon as that motivation stops, you just stop. Or a difference between that and an alpha line or line is that the line's hungry and it's out there. It's out there to quench that hunger. And sometimes that hunger is just never quenched. And you got to find that, that why, that why you do what you do not because somebody's giving you something or not because you're just going on vacation but why do you do why is this beneficial to your life long term and make it internal so that you don't need anybody else to push you like a gazelle you know be a lion so remember those two stories as we kind of get into you know the first step of how to be a lion is surround yourself with the right people right and and 
to kind of use the the gazelle and, and lion analogy, like there's a lot of people out there that right now are gazelles and, and you are and you have a goal, you have a drive, you have a vision to become a lion. And part of that becoming a lion and finding that that hunger that you need to quench is part of that is going to be fucking finding other lions to chase your ass and finding other lions to inspire you and, and to motivate you and to remind you what your goal is. It's not just all of a sudden one day you're a fucking lion. I was a gazelle and now I'm a lion. It doesn't fucking work that way. It is an all evolution. Right. It is a slow alternate lifestyle that you are going to build. But if you don't ever have those lions that, that are inspiring you, good luck. Yeah. Good luck ever getting to that point. So surround yourself with lions that chase your ass and motivate you and inspire you and, and hold you accountable. And then soon enough, you will find that hunger and you will become that lion that doesn't need the, the, the inspiration and the motivation. Soon enough, it will be your lifestyle to eat healthy, to chase goals, to sleep well, to say no thank you when somebody says, hey, you want to go and get fucked up? No thanks, man. No, like I'm yeah. good. I'm good. But that's what this whole podcast is about is finding those lions to, 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 to bring around you so that when you look around, you feel like you're just one of the pack. Yeah. You're not a lone wolf out there trying to fucking become something that you don't even necessarily know how to become. Yeah. And that's uh you hit on it. I mean, that's going to be point number two. So, you know, trying to make this simple so that, you know, you can apply this right away in your life is, is there's three steps to basically, you know, weeding out the people that shouldn't be in your life and then attracting the people that should be. And, and number one, with anything that you do, you got to define your goal. And when I talk about a goal, because everybody has a New Year's goal, they say, and I always say goal in quotes, but if you have a goal, then you have a plan. So if your goal is to get to Florida, you have to route your drive to Florida, right? Or you got to route your flight to Florida. Well, I think a lot of people have a goal that they just haven't gotten to a plan stage yet. But do they want? Is that? Oh, no, I agree. I'm, I'm agreeing with your point that we need. But you said that if you have a goal, you have a plan. And I don't think that that is necessarily accurate for a lot of people. So I think that if you have a goal, you need a plan. I think that would be a better way oh. to state what you're saying. So if from... you have a goal <laughs> to get to Florida, you need to put together a fucking driving plan to get there and a car that's going to make it yeah. and all of this shit that comes to do with a plan, whatever your goal is, so, you got to put together that plan. So however, so how I look at it in my mind is if somebody has a goal, right? They say, well, I have a goal. I want to I wanna go to Punta Cana. I'm saying, okay, well, what's your plan? Well, I don't have a plan. I'm like, then, okay, are you serious? Is it's a goal that you want to want to do, or is it just you want to go to Putacana? So it's kind of like, oh, I want to lose a hundred pounds. Okay, you want to? Everybody wants to lose. If I were to give everybody a magic pill to be not obese, I guarantee you, everybody's going to take that pill, right? So, if they have a goal to lose a hundred pounds, then I say, okay, what's your what's your plan? And you have to take that next action step because otherwise they spend 365 days basically thinking, well, I wanted to, well, that was my goal. Well, was it really your goal? Because if it was really your goal, you'd be creating a plan right away to get there. I think, I think I like your first, your first bullet point here, because I think a lot of people, I think we're overestimating. I think we're really overestimating what a majority of the population is thinking on a daily basis. I think a lot of people don't actually have a clear, concise goal of where they want to be. Yeah, they don't. Then that's the problem. Because if you don't know where you want to be, you're not going to be able to formulate that plan. So, so, so let's say that, let's say that you're you're listening to this podcast right now, and you know where you're at. You're you know Joe Schmo. You're 35. You're slightly overweight. You have an okay job. Um, maybe your wife is attracted to you once a month. Um, your kids are kind of shitheads, and you got twenty thousand dollars in fucking credit card debt how do we go about setting some clear, concise goals? Yeah, it's, um, it goes back to that saying, what, how do you eat an elephant, right? So you can't just say, well, let's say I want to get out of debt. Well, okay, if you got $50,000 in debt, you're not going to 
get $50,000 out of debt super quick. So you got to set your first goal and even like, and physically be like, okay, I'm going to set a goal for three months. What's realistic? Do a little bit of research because you got the old Google library at your fingertips and say in three months, I'm going to lose uh, 20 pounds and I'm going to knock off $5,000 of debt by doing this and this and this or choosing what's my priority of debt that I got to get rid of. Um, but yeah, it's, if you, if it's a pretty lofty goal, you're going to have to bite it off in little sections and do it quarterly. Um, it's kind of like running a business, right? You establish a year business plan, but you're checking in everything quarterly. And I would suggest breaking that down to almost monthly. Monthly. Really? I mean, for a lot of stuff, like, yes, once you get in the swing of things and once you've been going for six months or a year and you've got, and you've changed your lifestyle to the fact that you can knock off, you know, $5,000 in debt a quarter or, you know, $5,000 a year, whatever, whatever you think you can knock off, whatever, because initially your check-ins need to be a lot more often because if your check-ins are quarterly and you lose it after two weeks, you have 10 more weeks before you're like, Oh fuck, I have not maintained this. Right. So like if your disciplines, I guess not as strong than your initially in any change, your discipline is not going to be that strong because the change is big. Change is big for everybody. Yeah. So it almost needs to be like a like a triangle um, where like the base of that is like regular, very often check ins, whatever your goals are. Um, And we're checking in, you know, all the fucking time, maybe weekly, maybe, you know, if you get paid biweekly. Maybe it's literally every time you get a paycheck, you are like, okay, am I able to send $400 of this to my debt? I'm not. Right. Why am I not able to? Well, because I spent this much more this two weeks than what I should have. Okay, why did I spend this much more these two weeks? Well, three different times, instead of cooking at home, we went out and had an extravagant dinner. Okay, how can I fix that for the next two weeks? And then in two weeks, Oh, I, I can't send 400, but I can send 350. That was a lot better than the 200 that I sent last week. Okay, where did that extra 50 go? Yeah. All right, well, this happened. You know, in these the extremely tight regular check-ins, and that is what's going to change your daily input, your daily right. lifestyle. And then all of a sudden, when we've done that for a few months or for six months, then all of those things are no longer conscious thoughts that you have to make. They have become habits and then we can back off to quarterly check-ins. Yeah. Or, you know, on the debt side, I mean, if, if you have to get a side job for, you know, two Saturdays a month, I mean, unfortunately the businesses are looking for, you know, whatever help they can get at this point. And there's plenty of opportunity out there. There's a lot of side hustles that you could do that. There's uh, some residual income depending on your skills. So but you need to actually have a clear, clear target. And once you get that, then this will define, okay, what kind of people do you want to attract to you? Or what kind of people do you want to seek out? And, and you know, just get a piece of paper out and write some of the qualities of the, the people that, you know, you want to have in your circle. And look at the, the squared away structure because it's funny is that there was a lot of end of the year podcasts I listened to. Was there? Yeah, and a lot of the end of the year podcasts, they basically covered, okay, as you come into the new year, you know, make sure you, you do this spiritually. Make sure you, you know, you're at this level mentally and physically and emotionally. And it was like, wow, these guys are just, you know, reiterating the, the Squared Away podcast. These motherfuckers, over over, they're probably man. listening to us and they're like, Bro. hey, these guys got a really good idea. You know, you know what? They didn't listen to us because our podcast wasn't actually up until like the fucking 4th of January because some... Well, well these are the ones... Some dipshit... Prior to our end of year, so... Yeah. So, yeah. the But you got to write down. I mean, if it's... Uh, well, what are the qualities? It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It doesn't have to be somebody that has a huge bankroll because... When you talk about surrounding yourself with people, it doesn't always have to be a rich person. I think that's when you go online, every video you see, it's always about, oh, I'm going to, you know, surround yourself. You're the average of the X person, and that's what your pay is going to look like. Well, but realistically, this is the same issue that we, we have to think through why things like this happen. Like, why are 
vegetables not advertised the way that Doritos are advertised? Well, vegetables don't have one solid owner that has the income to advertise vegetables. It's the same with why, you know, income mentors are the are what we see. This is why we're not seeing you need to surround yourself with the with the most spiritually balanced people because spiritual being spiritually balanced doesn't make money to pay for advertising whereas if 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 I'm tr- if I'm trying to snowball some, you know, a, a thousand douchebags into paying for my fucking course how to make a million dollars in the next 2 years, I, that that's going to cost me money. Well, I need to bring in money. So how are we going to do that? Well, I need to bring in money. Um, I need to talk about money. And it's, 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 that creates income. So that's what you see. Whereas you do see it as far as on the physical side because it does create a lot of income for a lot of these people. Like we were just looking. My wife started this Claire Thomas ab challenge and it's 25 bucks. Oh, big deal. She's like, what do you think? I was like, it's 25 bucks. Who cares? Do it. Like, that's fine. I don't care. But then you look and it's like, there's 3000 comments. So you take $25 times 3000, this bitch is making a lot of fucking money on one, you know, one month of ab workouts that she's sending out. And that's great. Good for her. But that's what I wanted to say about that. Like the reason that you are seeing so much about rich people in, in when it, when it comes to like this idea is because that is based around money. Money pays for advertising. Whereas we don't think about that as far as like a, a, a spiritual leader or, a, or, a, or a, an emotional, you know, an emotional thought guru, yeah. somebody like that. Like that isn't necessarily something that a lot of people are spending money on. So then the people that are very well balanced and very well known, the people you would want to have on your side in those aspects are not able to spend a bunch of money advertising. Yeah. And that's why this is called the Squared Away Podcast because, you know, we're focused on being squared away in all four aspects. Um, so basically, yeah, it's, you know, write down the qualities of people that you respect that would be, help you spiritually, help you on the emotional side, help you physically and help you, uh, mentally, um, you know, stay away from the people that you can, you can easily list of people that always have a problem with every solution that you come up with. Oh my God. I was just dealing with somebody like that today. I have this problem. I would suggest a solution. Oh no, that's this problem. I would suggest you literally have a yeah. problem for every solution that I come up with. How about you just try a fucking solution? But they don't. No. That the problem is because they, they don't. These want, are people. Yeah, they don't want that. They don't want to fix the problem. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people I talk to that. It's oh, exhausting. I want I want to be I want to be healthy. I want to lose you know fifty pounds. Okay, and then you offer them a solution. Well, but my knee hurts and all that. And okay, and then you offer them the next solution. What about you know the knees over toe guys? Have you tried that? And it's one thing after the other. So basically what that person's telling me is like, yeah, you want this. You don't really have a goal. You just want this and you want the magic pill. But you don't want to work for it because yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable. So, And how do, we, how, do you, how do you keep those people from draining your energy? Because if it's, if it's just a friend, then it's easy to just not reply, right? Mm-hmm. But most of the time, these are people that you work with every day. These are people that are part of your family that you see every day. These are people that these aren't people that you can't just just not deal with, right? Work it's, especially. Yeah, work. Well, I mean, work. You can basically you can literally um, create a, a barrier just saying, you know, okay, I'm just communicating with this person, and it's always going to be work only. And it, it's worked for me. I mean, my my kids, uh, too bad they're not like right here. They'd tell you that years ago they thought, Dad, how is it so easy for you to just cut somebody off out of your life? Because they saw me do it. And unfortunately, there were some that were part of a, um, I wouldn't say adopted, but, you know, a foster adopted family that I cut off because it was so it was so toxic and negative. And I'm like, if I would stay in that, and how I made that decision was I made every effort to be part of that journey. And I said, this is, this is the goal. This is the finish line. This is the destination that I, I need to get to. But these people keep bringing me to the rest stop. 
And it's that the misery loves company type of people who will always pull you off that journey. And they're the people that if you're driving to Florida, they, they're going to want to stop at every rest stop on the way for like two hours at a time. You're never going to get there. And it was to that point where I'm like, okay, I've made every effort to, to give my input, to help that situation out. And yeah, it's quote family, but I have to cut that off. Otherwise I'm just going to be dragged down. What if it's your spouse or one of your kids? Well, I'm on my second divorce was like that. So, you know, <laughs> so is that your answer? That's, you know, if you, if you want to say, I mean, my second divorce was, yeah, we were, you know, quote, go back to the unequally yoke. I mean, it was just a, a drag. And I even had conversations where it's like, guess what? I mean, we're supposed to make each other better. We're supposed to challenge each other to be better. But if, if it's always tearing down one another and not making any effort to move forward, you know, there's, there's forward thinkers. And there's people that just don't think at all. Like we talked about in the last podcast where the people just absorb information and just repeat it to somebody else. Oh, you know, oh, we got to wear a mask. Like, you know, uh, if you're standing up from your desk, you got to wear a mask because the, the virus is traveling at, you know, four and a half feet above the ground. Right. And they'll just turn around, and repeat it instead of thinking about, yeah, that doesn't make any freaking sense. Well, <clears throat> it's very hard to be married to somebody that, is opposite thinking the way you are because guess what you're always going to clash and in my experiences you're always going to clash in every conversation no matter how low the level of conversation is if you're talking about eating beets that's going to turn into you know a freaking argument a battle yeah so do you want to live your life in that toxic environment or you get to a point where it's like i'm sorry we we don't have the same you know, for me, it's, it's okay. If we're not grounded spiritually, we're never going to come to a point of agreement. If we're grounded spiritually, we're always going to have a common ground to go back to and say, okay, well, okay, this is, let's start with this standard and then talk from there. If you don't have the same common ground, you're always going to be arguing because there's, there's never going to be a point of agreement. So is that, that understandable? Yeah. And I, 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 I knew the answer to my question when I, when I posted, you know, I was going to answer that. Too. I mean, I knew it was close to that. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there and, and I think about this because I have a, an acquaintance who has a, um, chemically addicted daughter, right. A, a drug addict daughter. And it breaks my heart to think about if I was in that position, because I would never be able to just walk away from my kids. I would never be able yeah. to just, to just say, um, to just say you're draining me and, and I, and I can't deal with this anymore. I have no fucking idea what I would do. Honestly, it might kill me if yeah. if I if if I was in that position. Um, Kids are tough, though. That, that, because, and that's what I mean. Because you're responsible for their their upbringing, and you have to push that effort farther and farther. The only time where you cut it off from your kids is if it's to a point where it's like you know I have to let them fail, but you know what I'm going to be there at the other end when they do fail to help them get back up again. You're not cutting them out of your life. Um, you know, for me, it's like, you know, when you're talking family, some people have, you know, their parents. Their parents could be extremely toxic and abusive. Well, guess what? You're going to have to cut that out of your life or it's going to destroy you. So, you know, it's every situation is different, but you have to see what's the long-term effects. And does that fit in your goal? Makes sense. Um. So number two point is once you define your goal and what we talked about earlier is, okay, now how do you be the person, you know, you got to be who you want to attract. So, um, you attract who you are. So the comment I had on there is what, what do you need to become to be attract or to bring value to those circles that you want to be a part of? So it's not saying pretend, but it's like, okay, if you want to be healthy, and you want to be around healthy people, guess what? You're actually going to have to show up and, and do healthy things. And, and, and that's what I wanted to bring up. And I would almost add to this point, or it might even be a point in between this point and the next point, is um, where are those people, right? Are you, are, you, are you fishing in the right pond? Because if you're, looking for, if you're looking for people that are the type of people you want to be around and the type of people you want to be around are healthy, 
intelligent, outgoing, successful people, you're probably not going to find them uh, on a Friday night at the bar. Yeah. You know, and, and so I, I, I tell, I tell my daughter this, I tell anybody that I know that is in the dating world, this is you cannot go out and look for people specifically. You have to think of the type of person you want to be and you have to start doing the fucking things. Just start doing whatever that is, whether it's snowboarding or working out or pottery or climbing or traveling or, um, or, 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 you know, playing a sport or whatever, whatever these things are, whatever the things that, that, whatever's in your box, right? Whatever ticks off your boxes. Yeah. And, and it's the same with finding a, with finding a, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend as it is with finding people that, that you need to be around, that you need in your circle. You need to start doing the things that you're doing. If you want to be professionally successful, then going to networking events and um, going to you know business training sessions at the UW or whatever, all these things that you want to do, you're going to find the right people. If you want you know physically healthy people around you, then shopping at you know shopping at the health food store, going to healthy restaurants, going to the gym doing yoga, taking spin classes. These, all these things are that are where you're going to find the type of people that align with the goals that you have. And if you think about the fact that you're fishing for fish, not hunting for fucking, you know, geese, then you know that you need to fish in a pond. Or if you're hunting for pheasants, you need to be in a field. Or if you're hunting for elk, right? You need to be in a, in a, in a mountain range where there's elk. Like these are all the things that we need to think about when we're thinking about where are we finding these people is you need to be doing the things. Yeah. Whatever the things are, you need to be fucking doing them. But you're way ahead of the game here. Because, Am I? You know, did I get too far? Did I get way past you? Point, so oh, the, shit, I'm sorry. So the three steps is step number one God is, damn it. is define your goal. Step number two is... I jumped ahead. Step number two is be who you want to track. But I jumped what, ahead. What you're talking about is number three is, okay, what is your environment? Okay, well, let's keep stay on step but, two uh, because I jumped ahead. My bad. Which is good. Because, you know, in order to be who you want to attract, in order to be in that environment of the gym is, guess what? Have a plan. Okay, you're going to start the, the new year. This is your lifestyle moving forward is you're going to, this is your workout. And you got to go to the gym to work out. So start doing that program. And guess what? What I found in, in different cities and different countries, when I go to a gym, eventually you go there long enough. And if you're semi-social, guess what? You start meeting like a ton of people. And a lot of times, uh, the people I've gotten to know, you either go up to them, you spot them, or they spot you, or they give you a, a tip of something, or they ask you, like, okay, what do you, you know, how do you do that, or what are you working on? And you start building these huge circles, and you're going to find these people eventually. It's not, it's not that hard, especially in a gym. Um, but you have to adjust your, your lifestyle. For, for example, if we get out of the, the health and the gym thing, if you want to be like a lot of people, I want to be successful, right? So you're going to try to find what are the habits of, you know, successful people. And uh, what Stephen Covey wrote, the uh, seven highly effective habits of successful people. That's Stephen Covey? Oh, it's, I screwed no. up the title. It's, it is Stephen Covey. It's seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. That's the, is the book yep, that he yep, wrote. Yep, yep, So it goes back to, okay, when you defined your goal and wrote the qualities, of the people that you wanted to be like, well, it's adjusting your lifestyle though. Okay. What are their habits? You know, like, uh, you know, getting up at they early probably go morning. to bed. They probably go to bed early. Yeah. And, and that's not all of them, but, and they get up early. Yeah. They get a lot more done before most people even wake up in the day. Um, they're, they're healthy. They have healthy physical habits. Um, they have healthy meditation, spiritual habits, and they generally read is what I found is like almost overwhelming majority. And they're emotionally mature because of that. And uh, so whether it's finding a coach or a mentor, um, you always got to surround yourself with people. Find people that are better than you are that will challenge you. Because if you are the, you know, the top dog in your group of people, guess what? You're never going to grow. You're actually going to start going down to their level. And by going down doesn't mean that they're less of humans. It's just you're never going to get to your, your goal. You're never going to get to that destination of your trip when these people are just 
hanging out at the rest stop. So, you know, there's self-help books like up the wazoo. So if you're going to, going to read and, and our gal, you know, Dell or what's her name again? She's the CrossFit gal Spiegel. Oh yeah. Adele is the fucking singer that lost all the weight. Yeah, what are you even Adele. talking about? I forgot about? what her first name is. Oh, Danny. Danny Spiegel. I was like, what are you talking oh, about? I think it's Dan, Danny Ellie Spiegel or something. I don't know what it is. Wow. You know her middle name? Do you know her birth? No, because that's her sign. That's you know her, her Instagram sign? handle. Do you know her fucking, her, her, her <laughs> is, she, sure. is she a Pisces or a, uh, or a That's Virgo? her Instagram handle. So when she, her, sure, when her sure. story pops up, like one of the things she's doing, uh, I think she's reading like a book a week or something. She got through like 200 and some books last year. There's only know? 52 weeks in a year, Martin. You're fucking Asian. You should know that. I know, but I don't know how she got two. She said 215 books in a year. If so, I didn't have a fucking job, I could easily do. I suppose if you're just working out and reading all yeah. day, yeah, I could easily do 250. I probably do 100 a year. So, but yeah, okay. Anyways, I digress. You aside you're, from the, you're obsessed. The, the math, you're obsessed. I get there, it. There's plenty of self help books and challenge yourself to read. Okay, let's start a book a month. I mean, is that good? A book a month is great for most people. Like most people do not read a book a month. And okay. What, what's the worst case? Book a quarter? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think there's a lot of people that don't read a book a year. Gosh. I'm going to be dead on it. Like I think there's a lot of people that don't read a book a year. I bet if we polled everyone that's listening to this podcast, I bet at least half don't read a book a year. And oh, it's, really? just, it, it's just not in their, <laughs> it's just not in their habits. Oh, well, let me t- this the real off the... The road here is the uh, there's a story that popped up, and it was these uh, this feminist talk show right. There's three feminists on there, and this 15 year old boy gets on to ask a question to them. So he, I think he's in the crowd, and this boy is like, I don't know why I even am, am here listening to a bunch of illiterate people, and all of a sudden the three guests were just like on him, and and this boy and she asks, okay, how old are you? And he said, I'm 15. And Austin, he goes, yeah, have you guys read any books at all? And, and they're like, oh yeah, we read all the time. And then he's like, okay, name me 10 books. And then, uh, the guests were just kind of like paused. And then they said, um, the, the Twilight series and, uh, and Game of Thrones. (laughs) He's like, no, I I can't believe I'm, I'm sitting here talking to stupid people. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. But, um. But they literally named they literally named a series so that they can count it as seven books yeah. instead of having to think of seven names. They're <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Lord of the Rings. Which one? All of them. <laughs> yeah, I like the the Twilight series. I'm like what? And uh, but the example I want to use is uh, years ago I worked. At, we talked about unions last week, and I worked five years in a union when I was in the print industry working in uh, electronic. It was digital prepress, and it was at that time where they needed somebody to come into the union to train these guys because these guys were doing what was called conventional prepress, where print was film and shooting film with cameras. Now it's all on computers. So I went in there as a... How fucking old is this story? This is, gosh, late 90s. Mid to late 90s. You're the shit out of yourself, right? So when, they, when the cameras are going... And these old guys didn't know what to do with the computers, right? I had to teach them how to do it. I literally had to walk up to one guy because he's like, why do when I move my mouse to the right, the cursor goes to the left. His mouse is upside down. Yeah, so I had to go walk up to his desk and flip his mouse around. And and I I learned at that point, it's like, okay, I, I, I started getting pissed. I started getting brought down to their level. I started complaining about shit every day, having a, quote, grievance about everything, right? And I started looking for things wrong. That's union terminology, right? Yeah. The yeah, grievance. I thought so. Anytime you're pissed off about something that you think is not according to bylaws, you file a grievance and it just creates all this waste of time. This Perry Mason case that the union is going against the management about it's us versus them. And, but I was a, I was a talented kid because uh, I was not just pissed off about everything they were pissed off about. I was pissed off at these old union guys. Cause I'm like, why is it that when we work overtime, they come in, they don't know how to do the job. They can't. But in order for me to come in to get the job done for that customer, they have to bring in these five senior um, journeymen because I, was a, I came in as a low-end journeyman. They have to bring these guys in first to sit there and do nothing and read their paper and while I'm working my ass off because they have to get seniority to get in before I can 
they can bring me before in you can actually the do the done. job before you can do the job yeah so eventually there's three of us younger younger uh low-end journeymen and five of these older journeymen and it was just always like this and it just i became resentful and then finally the I got a call one day to meet on my off day to meet with the CEO of the company. And the CEO is like, Hey, I'm seeing the work that you've done, but I see where you get pissed off. And you know, I, I was pretty verbal and I wrote some stuff in meeting notes that were pretty offensive because I just didn't have a filter back then, a professional filter. And he's like, you know, he said almost the same thing as, you know, okay, you have to be what you want to attract. So if you want to be a leader, you want to do more in this company, you have to, you cannot keep the same, you know, us versus them. Poor me, I'm the victim and everything sucks mentality. You know, you have the opportunity. He said, look at what you do is you look for problems and you create solutions. Now look at that in your life. But you need to start adopting the mentality of that solution oriented person versus the person that's always looking at the problems and that they mentored me for like weeks. Every week I'd go into the CEO's office or I'd go into the corporate HR's office and they would spend an hour or two hours with me just mentoring me. And that's the importance of, of having a good coach or mentor is to help you see where you're sitting. If you're sitting in the shit and you want to get out of it, sometimes it helps to have those people that, have been there or who are seeing it from a 3000 foot level to pull you out. And as a result, after it, it, it didn't happen immediately, but also two years later, I get this call and say, Hey, we got a division that we want you to come take over because it's having problems. And now that you're solution oriented, we're going to bring you in. And that was my proving ground right there. So it's a uh, find a coach or mentor, be willing to, you know, be self, you know, self-help yourself and then uh, surround yourself with people that basically are not the negative Nancys, you know. So that moves us into, you know, what's what's the environment that you're in? Here we go. Here's my, here's where I, here's where where I skipped ahead. Where, too. where do you spend your time? So if you had a, a notepad and paper, you know, right. I down. would like to see people really do this. Yeah. I would really and not just where, but how. Yes. How you spend your time. I would like to see people, if if you did it for one seven day stretch and you put a reminder that went off on your, on your watch or your phone every hour and you wrote down what you did for the last hour. Yeah. I think that people would be absolutely astonished at how much more they could get done with their time because of dumb shit that they're doing. Yeah. Or even look at the, uh, you know, I know iPhone tracks how much time you're on your phone during the week. Mm-hmm. Androids do too. Oh, they do? Mm-hmm. And look at how much time do you spend? How many hours a week do you spend on your phone? And you can look at exactly where it's spent. Oh, yeah. How it's broken down. You can what look at what apps in. it's used, yep. So, yeah, and if, if you're, you have to have that phone right up until you go to bed, I'd hate to see somebody have 20, 30 hours on a phone a week would be insane. Oh, easy. I unless, think- unless it's part of your work. Obviously. No, I think easy. I think that, I think that that three hours a day is pr- is probably low for a lot of low? people. I bet three hours a day is Ooh. low for a lot of people. And what you could do with all that time? I bet barely. I bet barely anybody that is under forty five spends less than two hours a day on their phone. Well, and, and if you're a bar fly, look at your weekend time. You know, itemize that out and oh, say and your finances. Do you spend four or five hours? Friday night, four or five hours, Saturday night. And then how much money did you spend on alcohol Friday and Saturday night? So have you benefited yourself physically, financially? Have Emotionally, you, spiritually? Yeah. Have you produced anything with that time? What, what was the return on investment? An absolute zero. Yeah. So, yeah, take, take an inventory of what you're doing. Uh, Naps. People that take fucking long-ass naps all the time. Like, I fucking, there's people out there that are just nap. They, oh, just, really? fuck, they just sleep. Oh. Like, I don't, like, what, what do you, you know? And I sleep a lot, but I sleep from the time I go to bed until the time I wake up. So let's say, you know, 8.30 to 4 a.m. And then I'll take like a 20-minute power nap at 1 in the afternoon. Oh, but yeah. it, ha- it, can, it can't be longer than 20 to 30 minutes or it's your shit. Or you're lethargic. You're, yeah. you're lethargic because you go into the deep sleep and then you can't wake up. Yeah. But, man, there's people that, like, they'll literally get home from work and they'll, and they'll nap for an hour. Oh. 
Yeah, I mean, whew. I've been doing the 20-minute naps, and those have been helping. 20-minute so. naps are great. 20-minute nap somewhere between noon and 2 yep. is like, oh, my God, what a reset for the afternoon. It's fucking great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the stories I wanted to share with uh, was my oldest son. Because we talked about this as like, you know, you got to remember the, the your friends in school that you surround yourself with is going to affect, you know, who do you want to What do you want to be? Because, you know, my son wasn't. He was a late bloomer. He was a super skinny kid, got picked on when he was a freshman, and then by the time he was a junior, he spent his time in the gym and just turned into a beast. They were begging him to play ball, but he was focused on, he wanted to be successful, and that was his goal. And uh, what they did towards the end of high school, so when he got his driver's license, he wasn't out every night. He focused on, hey, I want to work because I don't want any debt. I don't want any debt by the time I graduated college. So he had zero debt from high school till he got his full-time job and he's like and i want to you know work out so what they did was by the time he got to college they had a rule for their apartment is the guys who are going to live there are going to eat the same way they're going to have kind of the same agreement on on goals and and what they want out of life and values and they're all going to work out and that was their three rules and they would spend you know at least a Friday or Saturday night in the gym working out. And what's happened is all of those guys have no debt from school at all. And, you know, he's 26 years old, riding a six-figure income job working with a global company and, and doing well, and that's how they, are, how they are. But that's a small example of how anybody can do that. But... How many people do you see? Like sometimes I'll go to the gym on a Friday night. It's the best night. time. There's nobody there. Friday night. I, I, I went just Friday late afternoon a few weeks ago because I had meetings on Friday morning. And I'm a morning gym person. I always have been. Um, but I went, holy shit, Friday is great because everybody's out doing, they're out, everybody's busy. And yeah. if the place is a ghost town, I love it. Well, but nobody's there Friday or Saturday nights. No. Nope. You know, because they're either sitting in a bar or something or. Hey, you know what? It's sometimes it's great to go out to dinner and then get a workout after, you know, or the ultimate date would be what? Go eat dinner and then go work out. Yeah. And then work out and some then more. work out some more. Hey, so, hey. <laughs> but ultimately is, yeah, it's get out of your, your comfort zone and go, uh, like you were talking about, what, what's your environment? You know, there's plenty of events there for self-development. Um, attend some of those and you meet some other people that are, on that same journey and network with those people. Um, what other events are there? You got business events, church yeah, events, mean, classes, right? Educational classes, whether it be physical classes, you know, we're talking yoga, jujitsu, powerlifting classes, whatever, uh, cooking classes, nutrition and health, nutrition you. and health classes, um, you know, nutrition, nutrition stores, you know, yeah. Whole Foods, I guess. I wish we had something other than Whole Foods. It's fucking Amazon Plus. Trader Joe's, but. Yeah. But mm. just all of this type of stuff. And we were talking about it the other day. You know that the, 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 the children's gym thing that's out in the business park? Oh, yeah. The, pack, the place uh, is like never fucking open. Like if I own that place, I would have like Friday night, you know, family party night. Because we're in oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. It's shit cold. I would love if I could pay 40 bucks and take my family to just play at a, you know, a oh, yeah. indoor gymnasium area, yeah. you know? And the kids would be active and yeah. what, parents could be, you know, doing other stuff and networking. Um, yeah, it's, it's going back to uh, even what you were saying earlier when we were getting uh, a little ahead of yourself is the, you know, travel, get out of your comfort zone, go to, go to new restaurants. You know, explore new things because guess what? That's where you're going to run into those kind of people. But if you're going to go to the bar, you're going to end up like the, the Bart Simpson meme. You know, look up that meme. It's the, the visuals there and everything is just you're going to be surrounded by people that have no goals or ambitions. And guess what? You're going to be stuck in that same boat. So um, surround yourself with people that inspire you and don't drain the shit out of you. Um, you know, people that really care about you want the best for you. And by wanting the best for you, it's kind of like the, uh, have you heard about the Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley, Tiff? 
They used, I don't think so. So they used to be really good friends. I mean, they were on the USA team together. They were in the same era. And Michael Jordan now will not talk to Charles Barkley. And, you know, Jordan's a legend and he's great in his own right. But what he really sucks at is running a team. He's, he's not a good business guy. He's great if he's the guy promoting something because of his name, but that's it. But Michael Jordan's problem that Charles Barkley pointed out to him was that, hey, you can't surround yourself with people that are just yes men, that just agree with everything that you say, because then you're not going to challenge yourself and you're not going to understand different perspectives and a lot of times make the bad decisions. That's not, ha- that's not having control of his ego, which has always been Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, and he, the thing is, is... 95% of the time he fucking has been able to power through that, but it doesn't work yeah. for everything. Cause you can only be the greatest of all time on one thing. It doesn't yeah. mean you're greatest on everything. Exactly. So, so as a result, Jordan won't even talk to Barkley and Barkley has been pretty open about it. It's like, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, still be friends, but I have to be honest with him because I am his friend. Yeah. And those are the type of friends that you want that guess what? When you're fucking up, they're going to tell you you're fucking up. But somebody that doesn't have control of their ego can't handle that. Yeah. But ultimately, that's the best thing for you because that's what they're looking, they're looking out for you. So. Get out of the bar. What do you, just enable you to sit at a rest stop? What are you talking about? Are you jerking people off at the rest stop? <laughs> no, it's. I'm so uh, confused by the notes. <laughs> so the. So what I mean by rest stop is it goes back to that story that I, I set this oh, up. Oh, this I, is a proverbial rest stop. Proverbial not rest the stop. So rest stop on the side of yeah, the road. Yeah, when when you're running the race, running the marathon, or taking the trip to to Florida, it's is these people that are just sitting around doing nothing. And I just mentioned before too is that you they're just gonna keep pulling you in these rest stops. You know they're willing to stay there until they're freaking dead. It's kind of like the people that sit in their driveways and their chairs and stare at the traffic driving by guess what they're they're happy being comfortable on at the rest stop but guess what they're missing out on the rest of life they're missing out on getting to that destination and what what is there for them it's kind of like uh when i was writing these notes uh you were talking what week was that was it right at new year's where you're talking about having these exercise parties yeah fuck yeah you know why don't we have more of those exercise parties or, you know, there's nothing cooler than, yeah, if you want to go to Mexico, go to Mexico with the people that are like-minded because then you're talking about productive shit while you're celebrating over a few drinks. It's not sitting at a bar every freaking Friday, dropping three to $500 at alcohol and then going home being more depressed and pissed off at your job than anything else. Well, not all of us have giant home gyms. And, and you don't have to though. <laughs> What if it's like sitting in the backyard? uh, I'm just fucking with you. (laughs) What if you're sitting in the backyard doing push-ups and air squats? That's not as much fun. As what? As as a fucking rogue rack system in your backyard. (laughs) What do you you want? What's everybody going to be doing? Yanking pull-ups? Yeah. No way. We're doing doing freaking max squat day. (laughs) Max squat day. I don't fucking know. just, Just keep moving. Doing barbell lunges and a uh, superset with pull up. Sure, we can do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I like the get 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 around people that are on a higher level than you. That that one stretches you and yeah. forces growth because it not only inspires you to improve, it makes you feel like the the average is levels higher than what the average was before you were around those people. Yeah. And I think that's, oh, that is uh, something I totally agree with and can relate to is, you know, challenging yourself to be sometimes feeling self-conscious around those people because you're like, wow, you know, I got a lot to learn. I'm like a pile of shit. And it's just uh, right now, was it almost two years now that I've taken a new uh, new industry, you know? So this is kind of like my what i enjoy but it's still challenging your swan and song is this your swan song is that what it i don't know i, I feel like that's a saying i don't can't say that i know what the saying means but I, I still feel like a newbie because i'm in an industry where people have been in there 15 20 years and i'm only two years into this with i do have a business background but not particularly right into the 
you know, deep shit of the supply chain. Yeah. And uh, I just got invited to a conference, you know, to be uh, one of the guests at a big conference in California in February. And I'm like, oh, shit, I feel a little self-conscious because I still feel self-conscious around my boss and, you know, other people have been doing it for 25 plus years. And now you're at this conference where there's other experts there. But I look at it as like, gosh, but I'm excited. It's a nervous excited because I can learn a lot of shit. Because, what a learning environment. Yeah. You just, you sit there and you can ask questions and these people will be just be like, clear up so many things that are muddy to me yet. And, but it's just, yeah, it's a learning opportunity that, you know, those, those nervous self-conscious situations are where you can learn so much, but you have to get out of that comfort zone to get there. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you got to be around those people that are hungry too. And it's, it's hard because there's fewer people. And unfortunately the, the people that I find are the hungriest are usually at the gym. I don't know if that's should be a common thing, but I feel like it's probably similarly common because people that are, um, people that are squared away, are working on all aspects and hungry to improve all aspects, including including the physical. Yeah. Right. I think that's inspiring for me because I have a, I have a full home gym, but I could sit there and work out at home. But the thing is I get a lot of inspiration going to the gym, seeing other people that are, wow, you know, these are other people that are hungry too. A, Here's a there, bunch of There lines. should be like a coffee time area in the gym where there like is. all the people that want, they could just, but they don't sit there. They come and they, and they, talk about random nothing to me when I'm trying to work out, which is fine. But there's certain people that just like to talk a lot and they don't actually do a lot of lifting. They just do a lot of talking and the gym is their networking area. Yeah, that's okay. That's separate from the inspiring. The inspiring yes, is, yes. are the dudes that I see that come in there every day and they're there to work out. They're not sitting there pulling their shirts up, checking themselves out and taking selfies. It's, the dudes that are like there, they're disciplined and guess what? They're, you know, I mean, for me, it's guys around my age that are like, wow, we're still doing it. In way better shape than you. Yeah. Because there's so many of them in our gym that are 51 years old and in better shape than you. Yeah. There's you look like a bitch. There's a uh, 75 and I think an 83 year old dude that I'm like, gosh, man, they're still kicking. Oh yeah. One dude makes me feel like a bitch and he's 75 years old. But, um. No, totally agree. Totally agree. But it's, uh, you know, what, what it, this is going to do is you want to be around people that are going to increase your standards, you know, um, that understand your goal and vision. And it's just, it's like being in a relationship. And if, if you have two different separate sets of goals or you are with somebody that has no vision of what they want to do, then it's like, how the fuck can I build anything off of this? It's hard. You know, it's then, then guess what? They're just riding your coattails and they're the dead weight. And it's like, and they're not helping you at all. It's supposed to be, supposed to be a team, team effort to get to that end goal. And, um, you know, all you're doing is lowering your standards. And I think that's, you know, that was my second marriage where it was just like, okay, your standards are going to drop to the lowest denominator, lowest common denominator between the two of you. And that sucks. Because you're like, well, okay, then I'm at this rest stop in life. How do I move forward? I want to remain forward thinking. How do I do that? So, yeah, you end up just surrounding yourself with people outside of that. But meanwhile, your main relationship is is suffering. So, um, lifeguard example. Oh, yeah, the lifeguard example is, you know, this is when people are like, Ask me, well, how do you just do that? Like my kids are like, how did dad, how do you just cut those people off from your life? I'm like, okay, water for me, I understand the concept of water and, you know, went through the, the life-saving techniques and all that. So if somebody is drowning or, you know, needs a lifeguard and you're basically going into water, you're their swim buddy, you're ready to save them. Well, you don't want to be too close. So you're always like swimming at them, but you're always making sure you're about a leg away, right? Because once you're about a leg away, then you're going to have to evaluate whether they're flailing 
Because if they're flailing, they're going to grab you and they're going to pull you under and you're both going to drown. So if they're starting to flail and he's ready to pull you under, you're, the reason you're a leg away is you get your foot up and you're kicking them away, away from you so that they don't drag you down with them. So, you know, it's the same thing when you're trying to surround yourself with people is, is that, hey, guess what? There's going to be some people in life that they're, they're there to drag you down and you might want to help but you're not going to be much help to them by embracing them and pulling yourself down with them. So, you know, you have to be really sensitive to that and understand. Next time somebody's in my vicinity that's dragging me down, I'm going to fucking kick them. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kick them. And I'll be like, Martin said it's okay because you're dragging me down right now. Bam! Paul's going to walk around with his, uh, with his leg up. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to carry, I'm gonna carry a tape measure. And when somebody <laughs> be like, you're close enough that you could get kicked right now, you yeah. better not be dragging me down. I'm going to oh. fucking kick you. But I mean, everything we talk about today, you got to have to, for our listeners, man, this is one of the most important things to get you set up for success is, you know, evaluate your relationships, but you have to know what your goals are first. Evaluate your relationship of who you want to be, who you want to attract, and then are you in the right places to make that happen? Are you in the right places to meet those people? Because if you're not, guess what? You're not going to accomplish anything. I dig it. So we're going to set a goal, we're going to make a plan to the goal, and then we're going to surround ourselves with people that are also on our same path. Boom. And then kick the motherfuckers that are in your circle that are dragging yeah. you down. You got to be willing to do that. All right. That's a wrap. Awesome. Awesome.